0: Walsh.
1: Let's fucking shout out the winner. He's still top of the table. He's top of the table like pretty much all season. Anton Johansson.
0: Anton Johansson. We have a special fireside chat pod coming up. Maybe in a couple weeks we'll put it out with an interview with uh, 45th overall Anton.
1: Yeah, let's do it like next week or something. Wow. Yeah, next week. Last pod of the season, really.
0: Postmortem pod.
1: Postmortem pod. We just, just fresh off the championship final.
0: Captain, everyone against Huddersfield Town next year. Yeah, they're not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to do it.
1: But if they have Danny Ward, for now, maybe he'll cost four million and be be our pickford next year.
0: Yeah, maybe. So finished up the season. How did it go for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I f- I fucked it off. <laughs> I I went rogue. Like I stopped. I don't know at what point in the season I kind of gave up, probably when I was still, like, over 300K in, like, Game Week 30 or something. But, so I took the 16-point hit in Game Week 37 for the doubles, and I went up, and then I continued with the madness and took an 8-point hit in Game Week 38, trying to just, like, salvage any respectability, in it. so I ended up on a red arrow. But, you know, it's, like, stupid. I didn't Captain Kane because... I wanted to captain a differential, but obviously, as I wrote in lineup lambs, like, there was no one else really to captain and shit like that. But, you know, 160K, very unhappy with that final rank. Um, I think I could do a lot better if I fuck around less and follow the herd a little bit more and take less hits, but it was a fun season. How about you?
0: Yeah, um... I finished up sixteen K for the for the second straight season. It was sixteen K last year. Really? Yeah, I, I, I uh Whoa. it's like four or five hundred places higher than I finished than I was last year. Whoa, so that's
1: weird.
0: Yeah, it's very strange. So overall, I don't know. I mean, pretty okay I guess on that, but I really don't feel too good if I'm outside the top ten K with the amount that, you know, we put into it. So hopefully I can learn some lessons from this year and take it into next season and try and cement top 10k throughout the season and have a better year
1: yeah it's like I've been playing since 2012 but I'm having to like re like doing the pod is is making the game different <laughs> I play the game differently with the pod I have to like midway through the season I can't just like fucking fuck off and finish 500k because I don't care anymore <laughs> So it's like I need to buckle down and I think one thing that I texted you is just always remember that no matter how sexy a punt is, green arrow is always the most fun, best thing.
0: Yeah, you always want the greens. That's it. I mean like you can
1: take your punts here and there and they feel really good but if you're just with the herd and just going up steadily every week, like that's the most fun shit.
0: Yeah, Green Arrows is the w- reason why we play the game is to try and finish as high as possible. So, yeah, and- even though your punt might get, you know, an assist or a goal, it doesn't mean that it's a better pick necessarily than the mainstream template-y type guys like Josh King.
1: And that's the story of my season. I mean, there's so many weeks where I'd have a really good game week rank because I had a lot of differentials and they would come through, but then the next like two weeks or something like that, I would just get severely punished and just guys that like neither of us owned all year just like Hazard, Macaulay, Kyle Walker all come through and like our Captain Blanks and that just means just massive red arrow you know Yeah, and just Um, really for no reason other than like (laughs) our own loyalties and guys we just hate or love or we're just too emotional
0: yeah, I think that's. We definitely may be a little too emotional about it, but that's also part of the way to have fun. I think we could kind of toe the line. But I mean, I think a good place to start off is just takeaways from the season because I think this is the first pod all year that I've actually like, written stuff down for.
1: Oh, wow. I barely have anything written down. I can't wait to hear Roll, about
0: it. Roll reversal. But yeah. did, did we have any questions about takeaways or? Well, yeah, I just think. Get into it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of fan questions. Thank you for sending it in. I mean, thank you to all our fans all year. Love you guys. Um, but at Mr. Luke Benson on Twitter said, "You learn any big lessons this year about how you fundamentally approach the game?" So I think that's kind of what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's funny because looking at my season and your season together, the time we started to really start getting reds and plummeting is the minute we started to take hits the I mean, absolute start, second that's the exact time when we started I didn't take a hit up.
1: until game week 14 and I was yeah. sub 100k like almost that entire time and then, <laughs> then I just dropped like a fucking stone
0: yeah my first hit this year was game week 15 and before then I was 18k and then I just started dropping like fucking nightmare every week and I think staying true to that all season is it clearly we failed that test this year because before the season started this year, we were very big on not taking hits as evidenced by us not taking hits for three months yep but we kind I feel like we both just get antsy and then we 're like we need to make a drastic move to try and Climb up, break on, t- break we in. Get,
1: we get so antsy, and we get so we get so obsessed with like a, a guy or something, yeah. you know. And or we're just two like, guys,
0: or yeah, the money works and, out perfectly yeah, both for this ways we just swap.
1: We obsess over hating a guy on our actual team, and we obsess over loving a guy that's not on our team, and that just drives us insane.
0: Yeah, I mean, we do it every year. I Honestly, like year. last year when we got rid of Mares early because we thought it was time and yeah. it just destroyed us. It's like and- game week
1: nine or something. He yeah. <laughs> scored a goal like every other week.
0: Yeah. And this year it's the same thing. I think we really need to be a lot more measured and tempered in our point hits and stay true. Because realistically, if it's game week 18 or 19 and we're in the like 20K region, like that's fantastic. That's and you don't need incredible. to do anything insane to you know to climb. You just need to stay the course. Stay the course. So, use
1: your chips well. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, well, chips—that's another category that we'll get to. But I think that's the that's been the number one takeaway for me this year has been how bad I started doing once I started taking hits. So next yeah, year, I mean, I'm gonna. Uh,
1: one way that like I feel like, I mean, obviously we know that four points is. I I just feel like what I'm trying to say is we think of the four points as kind of a short. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't have shit right, written down clearly. <laughs> no, yeah. I like just woke up an hour ago. You're like, um, uh, uh, I mean, what I'm trying I mean, to say. I mean, I mean uh, well. I'm about to go like talking head guy on that. That was a weird transition. <laughs> but like four points, we think of it as like a short term hit that we need to make up in one or two weeks, and that's a fine way to think about it. But. When you look at the end of the season, what four points really means, it's like it's a lot of places. It's like 10,000 places for me mm-hmm. at my rank. You know, a lot of So, like, if you were to take that into consideration midway through the season when we started taking hits, like in game week 14, if I had, well, maybe next season in game week 14 when I'm getting antsy as fuck, I'll think about it more and be like, yeah, this guy might be better than the guy that I have on my team, but is that worth ten thousand places of risk? And it's almost always no.
0: Yeah, unless if you're removing an injured zero player, that's a tough. That's thing. a big need, that big a, difference. And we need to check each other too, because we get carried away and then we talk each other into it. But it's like we yeah, we kind of like yeah, we prod it. each other
1: into like dumb yeah. shit. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm so like, always. oh, you
1: love that guy.
0: <laughs> um. All right. So yeah, I mean, that's the number one for me. And then I think maybe we could go into the chips because I think now that we've had two years of chips under our belt, I think it's very, 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 very clear that they should not be dictating the way we play the game and they should be just thought they should be looked at as an afterthought because they are so invaluable when you look at the grand scheme of 38 game weeks and All of the wild, I mean, the main chips are the wild cards. Like, those are the chips that matter. The bench, those are the the, by far
1: best chips. Wild, yeah. I
0: mean, they're not even chips, they're just wild cards. They're in a different camp for me. But the triple captain is, you know, if you hit it great, maybe you'll get an extra 17 points or something, which is significant. 700
1: points if you did it well this year.
0: Yeah, but but you know, or you miss and you get an extra five points or six points or whatever. Like, either way, it's it's not a huge swing. I mean, playing consistently and smartly throughout the season is more important than hitting on your triple captain. Same thing with the bench boost. I mean, if you don't have good players on your bench when you bench boost, then you're probably not going to get a lot of points. I mean, I had I bench boosted this year into four points. It was a disaster. And I think saving the wild card for that second double game week worked out for me hugely because I flew the last you know four or five game weeks of the season, but I didn't come away much the good by using my bench boost and saving it until then. So I think next season I'm very strongly considering using the bench boost after my first wild card. Because after I use my first wild card is when I'm really... Planning my squad, and I'm going to have like good fourth and fifth defenders, and I'm going to have, you know, a decent, I'm going to have a playing second goalkeeper and all that shit. Right. Because not I'm planning spending for, all
1: your money on the 11 for double. Yeah,
0: for the double, and then having auxiliary pieces of shit. So I, and like maybe I'm going to try and look at that window within the next three weeks after my wild, my first wild card, and usually between game week three and game week nine or something's when I usually play it. And then, see if I have some fixtures line up nicely and and maybe use it then. That way it kind of gets it out of my head for obsessing about what I'm doing towards the double game weeks and I can maybe focus a little bit more on my 11. And also I think I, I always have a better squad in the beginning of the season than towards the end when I'm really trying to put all my money in the pitch. So that's something I'm definitely going to be looking at next season.
1: It also kind of allows you more room to chase. Like say you use all your shit early like you're talking about, but towards the end of the season you're around like 15K and you're shooting for top 10K. You can maybe, by spending more money on your pitch, do some different things than what the template people are doing who are wild carding. I don't know. It's interesting. It Like, when I look at Scott's series down the rabbit hole with Scott, like, it obviously was a fucking disaster for him. His shadow team finished, like, 10,000 places higher than his real team or something like mm-hmm. that, where he uses his wild card early in actual life, like I did. But what I took away, and I think I talked about this last pod or two pods ago, is that I do still think Bench Boost is best on Gaming 37, even though it didn't really work out that well this year, just because, as we always say, just getting two, two dips, two bites of the apple you have more chance of a return from a bench guy but we have to focus on getting probably better bench guys next <laughs> next year uh,
0: yeah but see that's just, the issue is that you know you want to do it but then i'm looking at it at the two weeks where if i'm going to compromise on my you know third midfielder and fourth midfielder or something to like spread the money around more I want to have better players in Gaming Thirty Eight this year, you know, and I had a really good Gaming Thirty Eight, and that was part because I had all this you money invested money on my eleven. On
1: pitch. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I think it's there hard. are two ways to look at it like that, which is why I also feel like if I wasn't considering the bench boost at all, maybe I would have even picked a better team with my wild card, or maybe I would have used it, you know, in 34 instead, and I would have had been better off towards the end of the yeah, season. Well, than saving it for 36 to use it on 36, you know what I mean? Yeah, that kind count, of stuff.
1: counterintuitively to Scott's thing, and I, again, said this earlier in the season, but if I had to do my second half of the season over again, I would have wild carded in, like, game week 20 or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, that's when I was like really just. For, let's see, from Game Week 17 to Game Week 34, I changed 1,000 places. Yeah, that's, that's not great. I was just 220. I was just like 220 or above that whole period. And I was just like fucking saving my wild card, saving my wild card, bench boost, bench. You know, I would have used my wild card, the most powerful game changing thing that we have at our disposal, to change my team and hopefully change my trajectory upward, and then probably still save my bench boost, but saving wildcard for the end of the season, it just doesn't make that much sense. Unless, of course, you're flying, and then you shouldn't even use wildcard in any
0: way. Well, you know, it's both, depends on your squad, realistically. It depends on everyone's situation. And I'm not saying that this is the right way or this is the wrong way, that's an impossible thing to say, and that's naive, but what I'm saying is I think flexibility is something I was not having at all this season. Which will segue into the next thing I want to talk about, but it's just the rigidity of like didn't even consider for a second that I was not going to do wild card bench boost for the big double game week. And this year, or for next season, I'm definitely going to be thinking more open-mindedly, just because the chips are not that powerful. The wild card is powerful, and maybe I would have been better off using my wild card a few weeks earlier than I did. Um, so I think that's just something I think. Yes, is I think
1: it's good, good to be flexible to and know away. how. Powerful or not powerful, they can be. And I, yeah. I mean, like much of fantasy, all fantasy sports, there's so much luck involved.
0: Yeah. You like, I know if you
1: luck. nailed your triple captain this year and got fucking eight goals from Kane or something, that's amazing. But like, you're not going to do that every year. Most no. times, you're not going to do that. You have to remember yeah. that.
0: Yeah. So, last thing I want to talk about is formation because. Yeah, you're the-
1: hitting all these fan questions. This is beautiful.
0: Okay, because the formation, I've never not played 3-4-3 since I've played fantasy in my career. This is my fourth season playing FPL. And I think that was my next to being such a nightmare and bench boost and taking hits was the other thing that fucked me is I think 3-5-2 this year really opened my eyes up to what advantages we have playing the game versus maybe the casual when I'm looking at the player pool for the third striker, right, the budget striker guy, you know, under eight, this season you have a rotating bunch of, you know, maybe five guys that we're looking at. Defoe, who was really the only good guy, even though it was only for half the season. Austin had a little period. Dini was always kind of in there. Rondon was in there, but all of these guys realistically are pretty bad.
1: They're very, we're-
0: very bad. And FPL really has priced the players correctly now that everyone that's good is really in that premium bracket. So you have about 12 or so, 13 or so teams that you're looking at their striker, basically, because the top team strikers are all priced too highly. And all those teams are bad, and all their strikers are maybe not even the best attacking fantasy option on their team. And if everyone else in the game, for the most part, plays three-four-three, three, you're dealing with the same limited player pool as everyone else for that spot. We're very intense and we're insane about every little stat and every little fucking thing. And when you look at kind of the midfielders in that mid-priced or lower bracket, and how many of them every season emerge to every be better every season. Every season, it's Ramsey, then Mares, then King, and Zaha. Every single every single season, they get priced up, and then. There's a new batch of or a new wave that slips under the radar, and those are the players that yep. kick on, and that's where we as hardcore FPL players make our money. So I think I'm going to look hard at what the player prices look like, but I don't really want to go into next season with you know some some pretty poor six and a half, seven and a half third striker from a promoted side or someone on Burnley or whatever, just because they have three good fixtures in the opening four. When realistically, I think that mining the midfield options throughout the league with a much more vast player pool, with a lot more opportunity to hit on some good guys, is maybe something that we could take better advantage of as hardcore FPLers. So,
1: yeah, I'm- three five
0: two. I think I'm going to give a. I'm I'm going to try my very hardest to abandon my old ways and and go for it at game week one next year. Um, it'll depend on the player prices, I'm sure, but I I'm starting to really think that I want to try it out at least.
1: Yeah, we just we need there to be like an Anichibi or something like that. Someone who's nailed would be ideal, you know, in the four five five million range to yeah, see enable that, that.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you said because that, that is the main issue, right? Because with three four three, we always will find a nailed four or five midfielder. There's no question. There's a million However, of them. Def- Every team always, has yeah. But finding someone that's under a 5-5 who plays as a third striker is a lot more difficult. Yeah, so I Yeah,
1: they're usually like a rotational cog or something yeah. like that.
0: So I think the one thing that you do need to do if you do three five two at least initially, before that whoever that player is comes, comes away, is investing a little bit more in fourth and fifth defense because you're yeah, going to need to, to rely yourself. on them. Because if you're going to get an attacker that's really cheap and is in and out of the side or not nailed at first you're going to need to have someone to cover yourself. So that makes it a little tougher, but yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up. And I know, um, what's his name? Mark at FFS was 352 for like most of the season. He's like top 1K or something. But um, also on that site that I sent you, it's a new pla.net A-N-E-W-P-L-A.net. You can put in your like FPL ID and get all these stats and shit. We both majority played 3-4-3, three, three, but you played
0: 3-5-2 four times. A and couple times it was for injury, though. The, I didn't set my team up for 3-5-2 until I wild-carded in 36.
1: Right. Well, according to this, you played it four times, whether it was yeah, injury yeah. or not. And right, you averaged right. 20 points higher than when you played 3-4-3. Three, three. And I also played 3-5-2 four times, and I averaged 10 points higher than when I played 3-4-3. Three, three. Yeah. You know, it's not all telling because of yeah, it's a small
0: sample. But small
1: sample, but it's it was well. really good for both of us. We kind of yeah. just both went in there and then abandoned it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's also looking at game week one when you know Kane's going to be thirteen, thirteen to fourteen this year, and he's going to be you know the first name in. You're going to have to build your team around him. All of the premium strikers are going to be so expensive. Like Aguero will be like ten. Jesus will be ten. All those fucks will be around ten at least.
1: Libra, all those guys. Yeah,
0: yeah, and what's Kane gonna be?
1: Fourteen or something? (laughs) Yeah. Actual but
0: yeah. But it's just it's tough to you could still go, you know, heavy with three big strikers and maybe Vardy'll be nine or eight and a half as your third striker, but then you have a big cut at midfield, and then you you only got maybe one premium midfielder, and then you got to have two. Yeah, I just bets.
1: yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I don't like the shape as much going like the heavy three, and it's and much easier to rotate in and out one forward. You know, if like, Hey, Sue, scoring, and I don't know, I'm making up names. Costa is in form. Like that's an that's a simple swap. Whereas midfielders like. King pops up out of nowhere, Zaha pops up out of nowhere. You want to like be shifting around your midfielder, like you said, with a much bigger player pool. There's a lot more moves to be made among midfielders.
0: I mean the amount of transfers I spent this year in my third striker slot and the amount of Dude. blanks I got out of my third striker slots out of control. Like I had my best third striker this season was Crouch, actual. Like he was oh, the player that I f- Remember when I got him and he fired for me for a few weeks? Yeah, that he's was the double best. Digit. Yeah. Yeah, him. And then I had a little luck with Benteke later on, but by and large I spent so many transfers I got so many blanks out of that spot. And like you say, in years past i always feel like they they maybe were mis, mispricing players and maybe they were always kind of a backup who a backup on a top team striker who would come in cuz there was an injury ahead of him or something like mm-hmm. that where we always had a couple of good options but they're pricing the players a little more accurately i think making it a little more difficult for the strikers and there's just a lack of quality in strikers for the lower sides it's yeah we both is, we like, both
1: had chaz and he died we both had rashford oh. I had everyone Ronda Rousey. The you had Defoe for like what ten straight blanks. Yeah, and he, you and Anton yeah. Johansson. Yeah,
0: but I always throughout the season wanted midfielders that I didn't have, and on the opposite side of the spectrum, I never wanted any of the third strikers yeah. that I was looking you at. Just,
1: they're just like you're just throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. Basically, when you're bringing yeah. in some fuck on like West Brom, when you're bringing in Ronda and Rousey. You're. What are you doing with your life? You need to look yeah, at yeah. look at yourself in the mirror and be like, "I'm. Ha- I have this player right now on my team, yeah. instead so, of fucking
0: Zaha." So instead again, I mean, Lantin. I'm not saying similar to when to wild card or the chips. I'm not saying that three four three is bad and three five two is good. I mean, four through three might be great if all these wing backs come in or whatever. Yeah, true. But I think it's again just being flexible and. I keep getting rigid thoughts that I can't do this because it's going to fuck my team setup. But realistically, you're always a double switch away from moving from 343 to 352 or, you know, 433 to 343 or whatever. So I think that's kind of what I'm trying to drive at throughout the theme is just to be flexible next season and not be so stuck in these. You know, yeah, I, th- I think rules. it was a
1: very, very early pod. I dropped the uh, flexibility as the key to stability. <laughs> it was maybe even yeah. the name of the pod, but it's...
0: when we were good, we When we were back
1: it. then when we were young and uh, smart.
0: Um, right, the other thing, also, some... okay, last thing on. about 352 is when you get fucking clean sheet point from midfielders, just looking at the points of the game, like defenders are the least valuable because. They get negative points for their best attribute. Built in negative points. Like midfielders get an extra point for a goal compared to strikers, and they get a clean sheet point for doing absolutely nothing. And if you go with thirty-eight extra starts of a midfielder, and say you hit on twelve or thirteen clean sheets out of that fifth mid spot, that's like a bench boost. Like you're basically giving yourself another chip almost of just free points. And that also, I feel like, is a little bit of an overrated thing, just because it's it like is oh, overrated. one point, yeah, one it's, point, yeah, or underrated rather. But it adds up. I mean, if you take thirty-eight shots at that point throughout the season, if you think of oh, if I got thirteen extra points because I got thirteen clean sheets out of my fifth midfielder, that's a big amount of that's a huge amount of points.
1: Yeah, if you go to that site again that I just said earlier and just look at like. Your most played players throughout the season, like my most played midfielders, are like Alexis, Firmino, Ali, and shit. They they got a lot of cleans for me. Alexis got eight cleans for me. Ali got eight cleans for me. Firmino got six cleans for me. That's yeah, a, lot a lot of, of fucking points. points.
0: And That's, I get like, right, Your fourth or fifth mid. You're gonna it'll be a little cheaper, so probably not on a top side like a Spurs or yeah, a Liverpool. But, but six even cleans. yeah, you those are those points add up so. Oh, no, last thing there. So where do you want to go? Yeah, I
1: like that. I I feel like we should just rapid-fire through some fan questions and then okay. uh, call it a day. At Just Starting says, player from this season, you would never buy an FBL again moving forward.
0: I think it's going to be a hazard for me, honestly. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I think I need to just, like, stop bothering because th- it's the most impossible thing to judge when he's going to go on a hot run and when he's going to go on a cold run. Like This season towards the end of the year is the most telling thing of his life is that he has three games where he has like two double-digit hauls and a return, and he looks amazing. And then the next four games, he has zero shots on target. And that's what he does every single season. He always finishes with 200-plus points, but I don't have the patience to hold him for a prolonged period of time. I will never captain him. He's definitely not a captaincy option. Yeah, he's a very good captain. And I just don't know when he's going to play well. And for those reasons, priced at over $10 million each season... I don't like that. I don't, and I also don't like him. Like, I you sound don't like a shark.
1: It. You sound like a Shark Tank guy right now. Oh, and for that Hold reason, it. I'm out.
0: Fucking <laughs> fuck you. But fuck fuck. <laughs> fucking Hazard, dude. He madden infuriates me more than any other player in FPL, and it's been like that forever since I've started playing. Basically, yeah, he's always I been think this, that way. Yeah, this season came to a head. I also just don't like rooting for him. Like I don't like him, and. I don't think I'm going to go into him next year, and he fucked me so hard at the end of the season, throughout the season, like he was the main my main nemesis all year.
1: Yeah, the game week 37 double transfer him out, then he scores. Yeah. That just I mean, burns so many people. Yeah,
0: it's and that that had been consistent. I think I've owned him on three separate occasions this year, and every single time I get him right after a couple good games, and then he goes cold, or I I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, I have a completely different view of Hazard which is like I'm probably going to have him in my team to start and never get rid of him but that's uh, off really? topic to answer the question my guy would probably be like Gaston Ramirez slash Redmond slash yeah Redmond Stounge and like Ben Mee or something like guys that were just I mean, Ben Mee got me two negative points this season <laughs> And he had so many clean sheets. Like I missed all of his cleans and only got negative points from him. Yeah, and Gaston bendy. is a weird, like, sexy guy who always you know, lures me into something stupid, and then I mean, well, not he, again. not just, anymore. He's horrible. He's yeah, he's not
0: coming back into the prem anymore. He's soon, I don't think
1: very bad. Well, doesn't Southampton still own him? I think.
0: Do they really?
1: I feel like they loaned him, but I don't know. Just some some myths. Um, That's a good question. Um, Coutinho
0: is tough this year, too.
1: Yeah, the injury really fucked him over. Yeah,
0: he just kept dying, and I remember I had Mane and Firmino instead of him when he was doing well, even though I was matching points, but I never really had him for. You never had the Halls. Of- I mean, it was really, I guess, a very brief spell where he came into it between kind of game weeks, like I'm looking at it, like game week five, game week six when he fired, and then he got injured game week 13. So it was really only about six or seven games, and then he didn't really pick it back up. He
1: ended the season ended really the se- strong. Yeah,
0: he did end the season really strong. You're right, from like game week 30. But yeah, so, it seemed like I mean, Scott, tough. Was tough this year.
1: Scott was really shouting this out. Like when he came back off the injury and everyone was like, oh, he doesn't really look good. Scott was the first one to DM me on Twitter and just be like, he's 100% still injured. Like, ankle takes way longer than this. They rushed him back. And, yeah, he, and he blanked for, like, two five, months six straight.
0: scans or so, yeah. Yeah. So. And then he started doing better, but... He was, yeah. yeah, he was a tough one.
1: He was tough. Um, mm-hmm. At Johnny2607 says, Worst transfer of the season. What's your worst transfer of the season? Chaz Austin for me. I brought him in, and then he dies.
0: Yeah, Austin was bad. I have to say, though, I was looking through my season and I just couldn't believe, I kept looking at every week. I had Jordy Amat from game week one to game week 36. No way. <laughs> yeah, I had him in my game week one team. No I kept way. him in my first wild I had him until my second wild card. I'm
1: looking at it. Yep, he's your number one got, player benched. Like You, I got, you benched I mean, him 32 out of 38 <laughs> weeks.
0: Like I got him off the bench for like maybe two points all year or something like two separate indi- like times where he got one point and I just cannot believe that I had him all year. He It really did hamstring me because I didn't really need to rely on my fifth defender to start him but there were so many times where I had Holoboss and him as my fourth and fifth defenders where I unexpectedly get Holoboss off the bench where he when he has a bad fixture or something and That was another thing I was thinking of for next season to try and have a four or five reasonable fifth defender, just in case I can play with my bench order. Because it did happen, I think this year more than most in in memory that I got some unexpected players off my bench. So I think I'm going to maybe work a little more towards being disciplined and having better options on the bench. But I think Ahmad, I mean Ahmad, was a nightmare for me.
1: Yeah, it'd be so nice to have like a good not even a good defender a player on a pretty good team as your fourth defender that would yeah, be like such a like Ben delight.
0: Davies it's just so tough to fit in like a 5 million player there or something like that but it like might that, be you know?
1: worth it it's hard to say
0: yeah it might be i mean especially if i'm going to be looking at 352 i might need to Yeah, like i'm not going to yeah. have a reliable third forward to come off the bench but. yeah um, other than Amat, though, I mean, I did start with volshide who was didn't make didn't make <laughs> many points before he went to Germany. <laughs> I was thinking of the you just got pod. straight fucking uh, transferred instead of, out instead of having Peters, who was just great for like three or four months. I was with and him like, like everyone
1: him. had Peters, and you were uh, like, "No, nah, I'm like, gonna oh. go with was
0: Like oh, producer Nate, I like you. I'm gonna go with your guy. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, Awesome is bad too. But then the the last thing I was looking at was really my. Cheap fourth mid option. I did not hit at all this season. I had kind of like Chan, Gunduan situations mm. that were really really bad for me for like a couple months. Not for too short of a period. I didn't really hop on like Joe Allen when he was doing good or and King. That yeah, King. I mean, forever. You never I just had didn't. Him, right? Yeah, I didn't have him all season. Yeah, I just didn't really. Hit anyone back when I was trying to build my team value, and until I really put a lot more money in midfield. When I was shopping in that sub six million price bracket for my fourth mid, I was having some trouble. So yeah. it might be also a warning sign for next year if that's going to be my fifth mid and I can't pick them this year. It'll <laughs> fucking be <laughs> we'll terrible again happens. next year. What about you? Um,
1: funny enough, my two worst transfers were Kane and KDB. Those are, I was looking at my season as a whole, like what were my two darkest periods of the season where I just dropped a lot and never really recovered? And the first one was middle of the season. Like, I brought Kane in Game Week 15, 4, Game Week 15, 16, 17, when, when everyone, me, you, Derek, we all captained him, and he blanked back to back. He blanked all three of those, actually, and I captained, captained him in two of the three. And in that period, Ibra got three straight double-digit hauls, and I didn't have him. I had Kane instead. And then, to make it worse, similar with the KDB situation, I, I then rage-transferred out Kane, and he got six goals in his next four game weeks.
0: Yeah, that Watford game.
1: Yeah, so don't ever transfer Kane out, basically. is
0: yeah, well, He's fit. I mean that's when yeah. he's fit you just gotta if you don't own him when he's fit, you're just not gonna
1: have a good it's time. a suicide, but yeah, that was a nightmare just dropping so much because of, like, Ali, Erickson Ericsson Ibra points I wasn't getting and then transferring him out and not getting the Kane points.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, and the then Ibra, like, Costa, Lukaku, all of them, like, shifting them in and out was very difficult. It either. was a
1: frustrating year with them, yeah. And then KDB, again, like, kind of similar. I I jumped the gun. I got him in before, like, the majority of people had him. Kind of, like... Well, I'll get to that, but I brought him in in game week 24. I captained him in 24 and 25. He blanked in both. I was set to transfer him out, and then the City doubles got announced for game week 27. So I was like, okay, fuck. Like, I guess I'll keep Kev. And he ended up playing like 100 minutes over both games and blanking in both. <laughs> so it's just like, fuck. And then I got rid of him, and I was too bitter to bring him back in when he was actually... Good at the uh, end of the
0: season. God. Yeah, because I got him in on wildcard in thirty six, and he averaged over ten points a game for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, at Siggy, and I got him Ziggy on my first among the same things. Like I got him in for a while. He blanked forever. I got rid of him, and then he two months of scoring every week. Yeah. It was like that happened to me several times this year. But what I was going to say is, like, I feel like one of the blunders I made in both of those is. It, kind of like an American sports fantasy mistake where, like, I'm thinking that getting a guy before he's actually fit or before he hits any form is, like, a significant advantage as it would be in an American sport fantasy, football or something, you know? Because yeah, well, like, no one else can have him. Because so no impressed. one else can have him. But in FPL, it's, it's like, different. not really ever worth bringing in a guy who's, like, not in form or just off I mean, injury, and you don't injury. really know how they're going to be. Because, like, absolute worst case scenario, they get like a double digit haul, and like,
0: when no one owns
1: them, 1% of people <laughs> own him. Yeah. And then you just bring them in. Yep. And so that was, that was my takeaway from both of those scenarios because in both cases, Kane off injury and KDB, when no one had him, I brought him in before anyone and it did nothing for me, and then yeah. ended up hurting me later.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one, especially yeah. when you're playing in a premium bracket, too. I mean, it's one thing if you're taking a risk on the fringe of your squad, but if you're getting someone like KDB when other people have, you know, the Ollie and Hazard, Zorro, Alexis, like, yeah, yeah. and
1: I captained these guys, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, so it's double.
1: So it's like, yeah, I both of those periods, I just plummeted and just, like, pretty much ruined my season.
0: Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. That's a good takeaway, though. Yeah. Why don't we finish up looking towards next season? I think that's enough dithering and whining about this year. Um, yeah, we've, I talked, think, you know, we've talked a lot about we've this talked it to for,
1: for all other questions you sent in and fans in general. Yeah, it's we, been a great season. It's been a great season. I mean, had a lot of enjoyment
0: interacting with you guys through email, Twitter. Keep it up throughout. Yeah, uh, as as the next season gets released in July and everything. Yeah, and we'll you know, do more we'll,
1: shit next season. We'll do. Yeah, maybe we're gonna some work more on some stuff. Merch, work on shit. There's gonna be another fireside chat in like a week with Walsh and Anton Johansson, and uh, yeah, you're bad.
0: All right, so next season, um, I know we don't have prices yet, but obviously, already thinking kind of about who I'm looking at under the radar type picks. What do you? Maybe a, a goalie. I jotted some names down, so I'll, I'll kind of lead this, and you could tell me what you think. But the, at goalie, I'm a little concerned that Heaton's going to be at five five. What do you do? You think he's going to come in at five five next year?
1: I don't know five five. I think he'll be
0: five five again. Yeah, I, mean, I don't five, think that's... they
1: don't make goalies five five unless they're like a top six team. I feel like
0: I know, but it's just the two years that the last two years Heaton's been in the Premier League, he's led all goalies in points. It's yeah. hard. You, yeah, you think, the consistency I mean, if he's in a... of that is tough. Yeah. If he's in at five, that's going to be simple. But the other two I'm looking at are Butlin and Flappy Ans.
1: Yeah, Butlin could come in way undervalued. because yeah, four,
0: he, could be, he should be
1: 4-5. Yeah, I mean, he he should be 5, but he so? might be 4-5. Yeah, do he keep mean, enough cleans
0: to be worth 5?
1: I think so because like, you just look at Lee Grant. He was so good in that period. And you just that's think true. like if Butlin played all season and wasn't just, like, injured and price-strapping and shit, and even at the end of the season, I Butlin came in, got two cleans, one of them a fucking double-digit haul with two bones, like, I don't know. I think,
0: yeah, that's that's fair. If he's at five, that would probably be appropriate, but but Basically, if he's four or I mean, that, five, that's four,
1: a fucking incredible pick.
0: Yeah, four or five. It's got you got to kind of find that four or five guy. I guess, but it's still going to be tough if Heaton's five. I think to not just put him in and forget about it. And yeah, Heaton almost Robinson you just, like, or whatever. Almost
1: have to get him. It's just like yeah,
0: it's, this, we. This was when I got him. I immediately started just rolling in goalkeeping points. I didn't like, have when him I didn't have here, it. and he yeah, just he was incredible.
1: He's just there's no other guy. I mean, I guess Kane. But there's real rarely anyone else in the league who you can just almost set and forget and be like he's gonna be the highest scoring player at this position. Yeah. I mean Kane. When I think back to like the preseason pods, I remember remember I didn't have Ibra at one point in preseason. Yeah. And I had I remember I had Kane and I was like I mean like yeah Ibra's good but like Kane's back to back Golden Boots like Ibra's not gonna outscore him and then he fucking back to back to back Golden Boots I and mean, fuck yeah
0: yeah. Yeah, Um, but I mean, I guess goal is kind of dull. And then defense also, I don't know. I I don't really have much to say about defense yet because it's so dependent on prices, right?
1: Yeah, the prices and like the wingback syndrome. Classification. (laughs) Like I know Cahill finished with more points than Alonso, but Alonso didn't start the first like four games of the season or something. And they didn't switch to 3-5-2 until like, I don't know.
0: I don't think Cahill's goal scoring is like sustainable.
1: Yeah, that also is... Tends to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, goal like when you look at stats, headed shots are the worst way to score goals. Right. They're like the least consistent returning goals. So uh, it, you it ra- rarely ever happens that like a center back who gets like seven goals or something does it again next year.
0: Yeah, it's they come out of nowhere. They like just Macaulay, come out of nowhere. I mean, it's they, like you you get lucky on it, or you just hit it like Terry a couple of years ago had a bunch of goals. Yeah, the ball it's, just you you like finds your
1: head one season, and then next season you get one goal. It's yeah, weird. It's, you can't really.
0: I mean, look at Toby this year. Did he he didn't score a goal all, all year? Did he in the league? I
1: don't think he had a goal. All, oh no, he had a a goal with his feet against Hull in the seven-one in the last game of the season. Uh, fine, okay. but no, like but you legit know. header. Yeah,
0: yeah I mean, like, two two seasons ago, how many double-digit games did Toby get with a goal and a clean? Like, he was doing that all the time. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, but, yeah, I think we'll have to see prices. But, you know, someone like Trippier could be Trippier, whatever the fuck you say his name, could be interesting. <laughs> um, we'll have to see who people maybe, buy. Maybe like
1: Coleman will sneak in. 5-5 five, five or something. Yeah, like 5 and being injured. Or VVD, yeah. Van fuck.
0: Yeah, um, Yeah, we'll have to see. But midfield is where I, I've got, like, Guys, I want.
1: You've got guys that you like. Yeah.
0: So I mean, first one is uh, Paul. I think Paul, priced right, could be a really good option because his underlying stats were so good, and so
1: good. But will he ever be priced normally? I just. I mean, just he has should this be priced seven Like he's the most expensive player in the world on Manchester United. I, know, I, don't, I feel he, like he'll never get priced fairly.
0: He should be seven five this season. Like I mean, if he should honestly be like him, six five or seven.
1: Like his yeah. his position and stuff. Like it's seven not seven five fair, at but, the most. Yeah, seven five His five returns
0: most. his returns were not better than that. So I mean, if he's seven five or under, I think he's an interesting one because realistically, he could have had eight more assists than he had. I mean, there were, he created so many chances, and he hit and, the post like yeah, he hit the post a, a bunch of times, million so, times. I mean, again, these midfielders I'm, I got jotted down are players I'm expecting to come in a little bit under market because I don't need to write down like Ericsson and Ollie because they're fucking great. They're and incredible, everyone and they're gonna, gonna be ten. Yeah, everyone is gonna be ten. Like we're just gonna have to t- look at the fixtures, flip a coin, and hopefully we get lucky. But um, so Paul's someone I'm definitely interested to see the price for him. Um, I think Arnautovic also is someone that could fly yeah. even further under the radar. I mean, he was 7-5 this year, and he didn't really do it, even though he did have a few bright games. But I don't know if they're going to keep Hughes or not. But if he's at, like, 7 or something, I yeah, think he, he could, could be, be... he
1: could be tasty.
0: He could be a good one. I'm also very interested in Balassi. He yeah, could be... Yeah, I forgot. He, he, could a, be, he had a
1: great little spell there.
0: He always does. I mean, he's, he, his thing is he's going to assist. He's going to get you assist, so... He was returning pretty okay earlier this season, but if he comes in at like 5'5 or whatever off the injury, I don't know. He could be a really nice bargain, I think, to slot in. Mm-hmm. Um, got it. I think Siggy's also someone, when you look at every year, it's just, is he really going to be priced over eight? Like if he's eight or something, I think that's just, you're still in the gold territory because every single year that he's fit, he finishes up in the top five re- region of, yeah, of midfield points. Yeah,
1: pretty silly, to be honest. Yeah,
0: so even though he's not you know, an explosive, sexy option, if, if he ticks in just under that premium bracket, like at eight, that could be a nice just kind of little point, point flow. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then Lanzini I'm excited about next year, I yeah, think. Yeah, I'm definitely got to, excited to, about Lanzini. Yeah, because if he's going to be getting that free roll number 10 and... He's probably going to be on pens. Hopefully they stop playing Mark Noble. Um, if he, What do you think? He'll be more like at seven? Do you think he'll be over seven?
1: I don't think he can be over seven. He had a pretty okay. quiet year in West Ham had a really seven, bad five.
0: year. Sometimes they price those guys. Like this year, there were a lot of seven-five price guys of guys were. who were, like, were kind of these types of players. Yeah, it was kind um, of unfair. Yeah, yeah, they were priced too highly, and then they priced themselves out of for a lot of us, yeah, and a lot no of them one, like no of yeah. Them. yeah, yeah, they finished with some price drops, and no one had them. Um I'm interested about Kazorla next year too. I think like always I always love. I think, yeah. I mean, I think in that three-five-two, he could probably do some really nice things. He in, can do uh, nice things
1: no matter the no formation, matter what. and he's on pens and everything. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. I he, mean, they. They he's always right. get six or so pens a year. I mean, they're not going to have Alexis missing them anymore if he's on the pitch. So he could be a good one. And then the last guy I jotted down is Mares. I don't know what he's going to be priced at, but
1: I don't know where he's going to be priced or what team if he's going to be. At, on. Yeah,
0: if he stays at Leicester and they keep Shakespeare and they kind of keep the majority of that side, the way that he finished up the season looked like. Yeah. You know, last season. And yeah, he looked fucking good. I think he should probably max out at seven five, based on how poor he was this year. Um, mm-hmm. That could be, could be that a good one. That could be
1: one. a really good one. And I, He's on just, pens. Just one guy to tack on is uh, Wijnaldum, who I know we texted yeah. about a little bit. He took a really long time to bet in at Liverpool, and he wasn't starting, and he wasn't scoring or anything, but... Second half of the season, I mean, all of his goals are at home. <laughs> he has yeah, this weird fucking thing where he cannot possibly score away from home at Newcastle extreme. either. But second half of the season, he he, he didn't match his value at 7-5, but he scored no. some goals. And if he takes a big price decrease to like 6 or something, because he kind of plays deep-lying midfielder, he's not like – they expected him to be like – Number ten, or like one of the front three, then maybe he could he
0: could come in. Yeah, I think if he's somewhere in that six region, yeah, six five, I don't know, it could be good. There could be good. It's still tough to get someone who plays, you know, in the midfield three versus like some guys who are a little more far forward. But yeah, yeah, he could be good. And then I guess like City also is going to be a nightmare. Who which City midfielders the pick? Pep rotation is going to be all time high. Yeah, it's going to be really difficult. So, I don't know. We're going to have to have like an individual pod just for City when the game comes out. Yeah, City's going to be brutal. Yeah. And whoever whoever
1: City gets a goalie or like defense or something, I think I'm going to be interested next year. I just, they they tightened up a lot to end end the year. And Bravo was fucking horrible. And like, they had a bunch of cleans to end the season. I mean, pretty much when Company came back.
0: Yeah, well, they have 75% possession every game. That's why we all have Stones. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I agree, but I saw they were linked to that, like some child on Porto Mm. or something, at Everson or Ederson or something. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Or maybe Fuckford.
0: Kill for Fuckford. Um, But that's it for midfield. Do you have any others besides Genie? Hmm. Not many we'll others see, that like you
1: know. spring to mind, other than my shout for last week, which was Stanislas.
0: Yeah, Stan. I mean, Stan, underrated, at least still great points per minute this year. He had an incredible year,
1: day, but... and he finished yeah, finished the year with three straight games with a goal. He I just wonder... he that weird period where he like got benched, and then we found out he was injured, and he missed two months. It was like. Something shady was happening, but he was really good right before that, and then he was really good after that.
0: Yeah, I wonder if they, when they brought him back he was still injured because he always seems like one of their better players when he plays, but he was on the bench and shit. Like, he wasn't starting. I don't know. He just had,
1: like, if you look at his game log, it's crazy. It's like game week six through eight, he had goal, then assist, then haul, two goals, two assists, then dead. And then, like, game weeks 19 through 21, he had two assists and a goal, and then ended the season with three straight goals. Yeah, he's good. He's good. I mean, Bournemouth are weird because they're affordable, but they're going to score, like, the seventh most amount of goals in the league, sixth or yeah, seventh. Def-
0: yeah, Defoe next year, I don't know. Defoe might be good again. Defoe
1: might be really good, yeah.
0: He'll be on pens.
1: That, there goes our three-five-two.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> On to strike. I mean, the only two other names I jotted down that I think will be cheap and maybe. And I, I like Dwight Gale. You know, I always have liked.
1: Dwight yeah, Gale. Gale could be good. I and wonder if, if they'll like buy because Newcastle's a big team.
0: Yeah, they should buy. They should be able to buy. And I mean, if they they need someone for Gale to play with.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: I've seen so many games of Dwight Gale when he was with Palace and. For however many goals he scored in the championship, he cannot play as lone striker. So if I mean if he's going to be lone striker for them, then that's not going to fly. If they're in like a four four one one or something like that, he's just going to be worthless. But if they do play positively and they get someone bigger, I think Gale could be a really good option. And then I still think Andre Gray is there's something in him. He's good. I think he's a player. He's just good. And I don't. He's just a good player. I I feel like he needs to just move because. He wants to play Vokes and like Ashley Barnes and like do Sean Deitch things. Then it would have been
1: cool if Bournemouth bought someone like Gray instead of Defoe.
0: Yeah, someone younger.
1: Yeah, like obviously Defoe's better and more proven, but like, better now. Gray is fucking good. Burnley are just so negative that he doesn't really get a chance. But yeah, yeah, I like the Gray shout. Um, Honestly, Chaz Austin. I mean, like, he tormented all of us all year. We all brought him in and then he died. But and he's gonna die at some point next year too. He dies every year, but he's very, very fucking good. And like with his death and therefore season totals always kind of bad, we'll never price him over like six five, I feel like.
0: Yeah, like six five seven or something so like that. So he's like I wonder... if he
1: starts the season fit, he's a good pick.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if Gabby Adini might not be a lot better too if he's playing with Austin. Enough, yeah, that you know, would the be lethal. Point. They would
1: actually score goals at home this year, yeah. which would be weird.
0: As long as Puel's not managing them, they might score. But yeah, there could be some South- Southampton always has you know value because they're always a tough team with how much turnover they have. You never know what they're going to
1: be. Yeah, and they're not priced like a top team, but they're always like the sixth or seventh best team.
0: Yeah, sort of similar to like Everton, I'd say. And, yeah. you know, those are a couple teams that we always try and find some value in. And
1: about. Lucas Perez, I think, could be huge next year. Uh, I
0: mean, <laughs> if Lucas Perez is priced right, you got to have a price. If Lucas Perez is priced 3000000 million, I'll bring him in next year. <laughs> uh, so that, is that it for us? Are we, are we off?
1: I guess we're off. I just, I'm bummed that Marco Silva is going to Watford. I just remembered as I'm like scrolling through cheap forwards because I I hate Watford.
0: (laughs) I'm not going to hate them as much with Silva, Well, that's why I
1: don't like that he's there because I like him. But like, they're a bunch of fucking scumbags. I do not like Watford.
0: Yeah, I like Jan Mott.
1: Yeah, I used to like Holaboz. He pretty much made it impossible to to like this year. Teeny is just like a fat fucking asshole. Drake. (laughs) He is. He's like a piece of shit. I like Niang, but he won't be there next year. My favorite player on Watford, Okaka. Stefano the Ledge. Stefano, get him. He's like a good Vokes.
0: Give me Okaka at 4-5 or next year. Give me Okaka on West Brom
1: and he'll score... 11 goals.
0: Yeah, if he was playing in the position of Rondon all season and getting the kind of chances that he did. Yeah. Okaka. So the game comes out July. What are we going to do? Do you want to do one in July and go over prices and shit? Yeah, I think we'll have to. Is that when we're resurfacing?
1: Yeah, I think we'll resurface mid-July with a bunch of preseason pods like maybe some fireside chats with some promoted teams and we'll maybe get some producer Nate, some guest Jason, some Derek. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it. Other than the fireside chat in a week from now, that's it for a little bit. Our first ever break basically. Yeah.
0: We'll be off for June for sure. Um, and let us know if you guys have any, interesting suggestions for what you want us to do for preseason pods we're all ears because oh yeah definitely every you know this was our second season done this year and we're always trying to mix things up and improve the show and make the content more engaging or more helpful for you guys so if there's something you want to know about or if you kind of think of a unique take on how we might be able to do some intros for the season just hit us up on email or Twitter or whatever, we'd love to love to hear some ideas.
1: love to. and maybe we'll maybe we'll get a little Ari remixing his own theme music, do some new theme music next year.
0: Oh, could do new theme music. could Could freshen it up.: I'm getting excited at that idea. <laughs> yeah, it could be good. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for a great second season. All you guys who've been tuning in. We've loved potting, loved the interactions with you guys, and we uh, hope the off season finds you well, and we'll be here. Uh, and we'll, we're, we'll see you season, next season.
1: See you there. Check us out. FMLPL.com. Follow on Twitter at FMLPL. Email us at at gmail.com. Like on Facebook right now.